Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. If you guys remember at the beginning of season five this season, we had the wonderful Courtney Sr. on visual artist extraordinaire, smart, savvy business lady. And she's the founder of Art and Found Day. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what Art and Found Day is and when it is, Art and Found Day will be March 12th and it'll be the second annual International Art and Found Day. On this day, nearly 600 artists across 37 countries will place free artwork around their communities for local residents to find. So if you're an artist of any kind and want to give back to your community, connect with people through art and encourage creativity, you can register at artandfoundday.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook at Art and Found Day. Yeah, you'll be hearing more from us about Art and Found Day until the day of, and maybe you will see us go try to hunt some art. Yeah. How you doing, Rainy? I'm okay. Thanks, Corinne. I'm okay. okay. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit of some weird news this morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Thursday, um, the 24th. Bit of some bit of weird news. Feeling a little on edge. Feels like a weird time. Um, transitioning between these seasons right now. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Also, we should be clear that the, the weird news is that Russia invaded Ukraine officially. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, between Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's never nice to hear about countries going to war, obviously. Nope. Especially a country as, as big as Russia. Totally. Who's, and Putin's, you know, releasing threats about history in the making. So it's, uh, it's a concern as of right now. Yeah. It's also like wild to me. A, I woke up with like a message from Rob being like, ugh, feeling like really like awful and expressing his concern. And then I was like on TikTok and I see one video talking about it and I watch it all the way through. And then I see immediately like seven more videos. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then I start seeing lives and I'm just like, what? This is unbelievably wild that we can watch this unfold on social media yeah yeah totally (sighs) and it like breaks my brain a little bit and it makes it really hard to like compare compartmentalize what is like real and what's social media you know totally even though yeah yeah and so rob um just go read the globe and mail or go to cbc stop watching lives from ukraine right (laughs) like cool cool cool, good advice (laughs) yeah makes sense tracks (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a bit of weird energy. I feel like this week, I, I don't know. I feel like yeah. a bit strange about all of it, but uh, maybe March will bring new light to things. So mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because it was such a weird intro. Oh my um, gosh. But it's a weird we... time. It's so strange right now. Like when it it's been like a really, and like Ukraine has been dealing with this with like Russian threats for since like 2014. Like it's, it's just like really bananas um yeah and we should state because we know everything is changing literally by the minute we're recording we recorded the interview that's being released on tuesday today on thursday so the information that is said in the interview might not be completely accurate the information might be different we don't know what the fuck is going on so totally uh take take with that what you will we do have a very funny funny man on though 
Yes, Sam, the comedian, the oh producer, God. producer, comedian, TikToker, TikTok viral, <laughs> <laughs> micro influencer, as he called himself. Um, super excited to have him on today and uh, chat with him. All right, here we go. So Sam, when we were first like putting our guest list together, we I had you in the back of my brain because I came across your TikToks like a couple, I guess like a month or a month or so, two months ago. And um, anyway, we were like creeping your Instagram and I was like, look at this little bundle of cat joy. <laughs> <laughs> and I showed Corinne the picture of you and your cat. And we were like, oh, we love that he's a cat person. <laughs> I'm a True. newly converted cat person. I had a dog for a while and stuff was happening in my life. He had to stay with my dad for a while who lives in the country. And then I just saw how happy he was there. And we kind of like left him there and I felt like terrible, but then we were like, we need another pet. And I became a cat person. So I like oh. love dogs and cats equally. Yeah. Controversial, controversial opinion. Yeah. No. <laughs> you can like different things for different reasons. It's fine. You can like different things. for, And this is why I wanted to come on this podcast. Actually, it was like the cat and dog divide is what we need to be talking about. <laughs> In, the, in 2022, that's what the conversation that yeah. needs to be had. You can like cats, you can like dogs, whatever makes you, you. Thank <laughs> like, you, uh, yeah. someone saying it. Thank you. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> um, you are kind of like newly popping off on TikTok though. Yeah, it's, um, that's so funny that you, like I've never been invited to a podcast where like the people didn't know me, like we're meeting for the first time. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, micro influencer, um, fame <laughs> is so cool. Um, I, I, I say I used to just be a stand-up comedian and then TikTok broke my brain and now here's where we are. But, uh, in all honesty, it has been, um, really, really fun. Um, I guess to give you a timeline, like I started getting some followers, like the very, very end of 2021. And then, and now we're only in like February, 2022. So and listen, there's still lots of time for it to come crumbling down. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's all very new and exciting. That's all. Yeah. January did feel like it was 9,475 days and February has felt like three. So it's true, but it's yeah. funny because January, I was like, um, that's when like a lot of stuff was happening for me. So I felt good, but it was also bad. It was good and bad. Yeah. January is a hard month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said lots of stuff was happening for you, um, but also lots of bad stuff. Did you mean strictly like career wise, good stuff was happening, but bad stuff was happening within, within the world? Yes, yeah, the that. World. And then like, I was also like getting for the first time, some opportunities to like maybe direct something. Oh, cool. And then, and then that was taken away <laughs> within oh. the months of January. So like stuff like that, but it's, it's fine. Like I'm, um, when I'm not a comedian, I'm also a producer. I, um, I'm a film producer at Route 11. That's my company. So I've been like in the industry enough to know that nothing is finalized until the ink has dried. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and just like that kind of stuff. But TikTok is like so fun to me. It's just a game at this point. Like um, I'm people keep like congratulating me and stuff, but it's truly just like it's kind of nothing at this point. I mean, <laughs> it's like 
it's really fun and that's all it is right now it's just really fun and i'm excited to see what like doors it maybe opens maybe not at all i don't know it's right. an interesting it's an interesting thing like uh being a lot of like the tiktokers with like huge followings in canada there's like this ongoing debate where it's like you can't really like monetize tiktok followers you have to like divert them into like instagram which is like a huge bummer because instagram like is literally the bottom like yeah. depressing cave no one's having fun no one likes yeah. it no and yet we're all there whereas tiktok everyone's having fun and no one gives a flying beep so mm -hmm. that's why i love it but anyway so right. i'm just i'm just like happy to see what's how it's gonna all unfold in the future and i'm having fun making videos and it's like still unbelievable to me that like people um are like oh i come onto your page like to laugh i'm like mm -hmm. you don't understand like i used to do like i still do comedy shows for like three people mm -hmm. like i've like <laughs> i've driven like 13 hours for like a quote-unquote comedy festival and there was like one person in the audience <laughs> like hello and like now like and now like i'm just like people are like i don't know they want to like come to my shows and they've never even met me, which I'm like, that's bonkers. Are you sure? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I have right. two questions amid that. One, didn't I just see, or did I just see that you can now, Canada is now part of the creator fund on TikTok or did I imagine that? Sorry, say that again, you cut off. So TikTok, the creator fund used to be just in the States, right? Did it, I thought I just saw that it opened up to Canadians as well. I might have to Google it. As far as I knew, the Creator Fund was something that happened like in 2020 for like a few months. And they were like, uh-oh, the money's gone. <laughs> and then it went oh. away. That's what I heard. Maybe they brought it back. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not your official source for that. Fair. No, that's okay. <laughs> what did you mean? Sorry, just because like I literally, it's like a new world for me, like understanding how people monetize off of like basically any like online platform TikTok truly, or Instagram truly. um so what did you mean when it's like hard for Canadian TikTokers to like monetize off of yeah what's different between that and the states great question I don't know that's just what okay. people are saying <laughs> and and Sorry. no it's fine no I just think yeah. what it means hmm what would it mean I'm trying to think um Okay, here's what it means. You can get brand deals on TikTok for sure. Right. And like, if you want to make that, if you want to make that go off, um, you know, but I think um, there are certain programs with Instagram where like you become a partner of Instagram and you can make some funds maybe through like the app, like Instagram will pay you. Okay. I don't know people. I'm a comedian. This is what happens every time I make a video that's like political too. I'm like, people yeah. are like, this is the only news source I listen to. I'm like, no, Stop. Google an article. <laughs> so this is an example of that. Just Google it. Like I'm not, don't Hold take it. it from me. Okay. I do research things before I make a video, but like, I'm not a journalist. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Please go well, to the CBC or the Globe and Mail. That's Absolutely. what I was going to ask was like, was your comedy always like super political heavy or was it just no, that, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. No. Okay. So here, here's my origin story from like two months ago. Like, kill me. Okay. But um, truly, like, put me, like, strike me, lightning strike me now. Um, but 
Um, I just like uh, was like fed up with like the current lockdowns, the very current Omicron lockdowns. Yeah. And they made this video like literally in my bed. And I like just did an impression of like what I felt like politicians were telling us, which is just like a run on word salad, contradictory, <laughs> like person at a like in front of a podium who's like speaking like to an audience and cameras for the first time. So like, that's what I did. And it was just like, it, and it was truly based on like an emotion of like, I'm somebody who's like, I like love structure and like, give me instructions and I will follow. But I was truly like, I don't know what to follow. And I'm a producer, so I know how to manage people. And I'm like, this is not how you manage people. Like, mm -hmm. this is not like, I'm not a politician, but like, this isn't how people, you get people to follow instruction. Like, mm -hmm. this is how you get people angry. Yes. And it makes me angry because I believe in, lockdowns that lockdowns work i believe that like the masks work and everything but when you're communicating it in a certain way people are just gonna throw their hands up and say fuck it to everything because that's how humans are we're very binary right yes and you, you're still seeing that now people are like it's never gonna work just open everything and it's like well you know so there's just like this this mistrust so i took all that emotion and like made a stupid video and then it got like 1.2 million views. Yeah. Like <laughs> it popped and, the fuck off. Like everybody yeah. I know shared it. I shared it. Well, and, like, and it was like the cool thing too that I'm thankful it was like really hyper local. So it was it was a video specifically about Ontario. Right. Yes. And then a lot of my followers started to be like in the area, which is really cool for me as a comedian when I'm like performing in right. this province a lot. So I was like super thankful for that. Um, and then, you know, the TikTok, like there's TikTokers that make TikToks about like trying to go viral on TikTok. And I've like watched some of their stuff and they were like, focus on a niche, blah, blah, blah. Like truly let me rip my eyeballs off right now. But I was like, okay, this is, this is like something and the people like to see it. So I'm going to keep milking this until, you know, the cow is run out of milk. So that's what I did. I made like more videos. People were like, do Alberta. I'm like, okay. So I'd Google Alberta. I'm like, oh shit. Can we swear on this podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was like, shit's fucked there too. Cool. And then like, I would make, and then I made one about like BC. I'm like, did you know their health minister has like a John Fluvog shoe named after her? Like putting that in the video. That's like hilarious. <laughs> it's also like shocker, the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Right. So all of anyway, those shoes are disgusting. Yeah. I, w there was a time where I, they were cool and it's not now. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> we're done with the shoes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. So I just started making um videos and stuff about it and i wasn't i wasn't not not a political comedian i'll make a joke about stuff but it did feel good because i like comedy that has some kind of purpose and that it clearly resonated with people because people were like thank you like i made a video about teachers and like how like remember when we were coming back from christmas break and they were like so do i have a job do i not have a job is it in person are we zooming what's going on yeah, so i made a video yeah. about that my sister's a teacher and teachers were like, thank you. Like I've been crying all week. And like, mm -hmm. this is the first time I laughed. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And um, yeah, so I just kept doing that. But um, you know, I, I really like doing that kind of comedy and I wanna keep doing it. I have dreams of maybe one day writing for like this hour is 22 minutes or something like that. Oh, great. Um, so yeah, it, it does fit into what I'm trying to do with my comedy at the end of the day. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have, I have a question about like, 
so I guess like the way that you monetize off TikTok is that you be have your niche and it's super local and people come to your shows, right? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Um, I know that when I reach a certain follower count, I become like community managed by TikTok, which I keep like asking my friend, like, what does that mean? Can you please? But it's like asking a magic mirror. It's just, they're just like, uh, it means we care about you. And like, uh, like, you know, magic eight ball, like mm, ask later. I'm like, okay. So oh. I know. So I guess, yeah, people, yeah. that means people can come to my shows and stuff, but honestly, how I hope it works. And I don't know yet is that when I go to pitch a TV show, when mm. I go, mm to like submit my writing, I can be like, hey, also like, I have this platform. Have so an audience. Maybe, maybe that means I already have an audience, but it also means like the work that I'm doing clearly resonates with people. So yes, especially in Canada, create the creative industry, we're always, they're always looking for proof that like you're a sure bet. And especially here, people don't really take as much creative risks because there's less yes. opportunity mm -hmm. and they're less like hungry because uh, there's less competition yeah. so they always want a sure bet which is why you know people with from like families of means get ahead faster yeah. which like you know that's a whole debate in itself because it's like yeah if i came from a, that situation i'd probably do the same thing <laughs> you can't deny that so but like um so that's what happened so i just hope it means when i whatever i want to do which is like write more um start like my own show or like whatever i can use it as like an example of like hey i've like i'm a proven success yes that's how i see myself using it right now totally and like um, the practice of writing right the practice of making things over and over and over again yeah and like listen i'm a producer from the film world and i feel like i'm a little little bit cynical around like making something like big, like a short film or something, because I know how much work it is to get something off the ground. That's me maybe getting in my own way for sure. I'm trying to like work through that, but I love TikTok because I can just like throw up a video mm -hmm. yeah, with my, with my phone. And I know like everyone says that, like, you know, you can start an audience from your bedroom and you're like, <laughs> BS, whatever. But like, it truly did starting to happen, which is exciting. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Do you, because it's so political though, and there's such like a driving political force in the world right now, and people are fucking mad mm -hmm. when it comes to politics, do you, are you finding like the trolls are out of control? Mm. I'm finding that people are using my, the comment page on my videos for like a forum and it's not really directed at me, but they're like arguing with each other, <laughs> which is like, gives me mixed feelings because I'm like, am I supposed to be monitoring this? If that it's was my next question. Oh, interesting. My video. And like, right now I'm like, no, people are using this as a means of communication with each other and they've found each other on my video. Mm -hmm. And part of what I do is like start a conversation around these things. Um, hopefully not a negative one. There's been times where I will interject for sure or, you know, and I think my videos have like a pretty clear political slant. And if you don't agree with that, you're welcome to voice it underneath the video. But I don't think it's my job to like um, necessarily like shut down everyone's beliefs who don't perfectly align with mine. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not okay. Um, but they're not directed at me so much as much as they're just like stating their own 
opinion. Um, and I think that's just a symptom of the internet. I'm trying not to make such a big deal out about, about it because I don't think I'm responsible for everybody's reactions to my videos. Right. What no. I am responsible for is when I put out a video, I have to make sure that it's correct. And if it's not, I need to like say so. So right. yeah. when, when we were all feeling fed up about the restrictions, like I made, made other videos about that, but I made sure, I don't know, at least that I like pinned a comment in my video that was like, just so I'm clear, like I'm not against lockdowns, but the way that these lockdowns are being implemented, like IE slowly and like haphazardly with like all these loopholes doesn't make sense. Like I'm yes. against that, right? Like I've always been like, lock us down fully. <laughs> like look at New Zealand. Yeah. Like they totally. just like fully shut it down, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but of course people are mad when you can go into a Walmart and like touch a hundred people's faces, but you can't like... <laughs> sip a beer I don't know like do you know what I mean yes. of course so um yeah I don't really and like some people will have said some things about me but like it really doesn't I don't absorb it I don't know like I made a video about how me and my partner sleep in separate beds and like it got a lot of traction I think people it's like a interesting subject for people I was like relationship yeah. advice like have separate bedrooms it's great yeah. um and some people were saying stuff like um you're just roommates, like you're not even in love or whatever. But like, I don't even feel a need to respond to that. Like, that's not even. No, fun. that's like this. <laughs> so, but I've been but but I've been like, that's been like, um, a pleasant realization for me, because I think before maybe TikTok, I would have thought, oh, maybe I would be sensitive to that. But then right. when it started happening, I was like, oh, I don't care. That's nice. <laughs> Right. You're like your value of like the opinions on your TikTok. Like, do you think that you'd still care if somebody said that in person though? Or I would respond that? to, I would respond yeah. to them in person, but I don't feel the need to respond to them online for whatever reason. No. And it get, the mixed feelings too, is like when people are arguing, like that does up engagement. So part of me is like, uh, go off. Like I'm yep. going viral. But I don't know if that's like, <laughs> what is the morals to that? Is that bad? Mm. Like, yeah. I think that what that means is if you're going to like, if you're going to make a video with like a spicy take, make sure you're doing it in good, like good favor. Make sure that you truly Intent. believe it and that you're not mm. like inciting conflict. Cause I've seen some people on TikToks, these social media people who will tell you how to go viral that are like, yeah, say something that will make people mad. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's not cool. You know, I'm okay expressing myself. And if people, that makes people mad, that's just the way it is. But I'm not cool with like manufacturing an opinion that's going to make people upset that's really cool yeah it's also like this is like all wrapped up in this interesting discussion of like platforms and censorship right like mm -hmm. what responsibility is on the platform which responsibility is on the user and like mm -hmm. where's that line drawn right i've kind of thrown up my hands because like TikTok, i think is like a chinese owned company they're taking all of this data and making like a perfect robot who will um replace the world. all of us and <laughs> <laughs> and yet chop off our heads immediately so <laughs> I like yes, what do correct. you want me to do I'm just a comedian who's like trying who's like having like you know minor success on an app and I'm gonna take my joy and that's what I'm yeah. gonna do. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. because people I are like what but what about China I'm like what about China what do you want me to do babe <laughs> Listen, right. I've only got so much. Like last my night, for example, I, I did my first 45 minutes of stand up. So wow. it's like the longest chunk of time I've performed. 
and it was amazing. <laughs> and then I got off stage this the next day and my partner was like, I didn't want to tell you this, but um, Russia did invade Ukraine during your set. <laughs> I was like, and the history just keeps happening. <laughs> it's like, you know, you try to take one moment of joy for yourself and like this world is like, mm, <laughs> not so fast. So you got to take it where you can. <laughs> Totally. I've heard that be brought up so many like people that I've been talking to in the past few months that are, have just been like, it is sad right now. If you get joy in like the smallest little thing, whatever it is, be selfish about it. Like, because people know. will take it from you and they'll take it yep. from you in a way where it's like, this is the moral high ground. And oh, I used to off. really believe that. <laughs> yeah. I used to really believe that, but I can choose what I can choose what to do to be a good person. Yeah. Right. And I think that like yeah. both the both things can exist at the same time, because if they didn't, your world would be so flat, you know, like you can have a joy, like a joyful moment and shitty things can still be happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like the world is yeah. complex. It's not black and white. We live in this terrible gray zone of we're half online and half in real life and nobody knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah. Oof. 45 like, minutes. You must have been, oh no, sorry. Can you go first? Uh, I was just going to say, like you said you were, before we were started recording, you were a journalist. And then I was going to ask, I was like, oh, are you like reading or writing about what's happening in Ukraine right now? Because that just happened last night. When no, I'm not. So I meant when I said journalist, I meant I decided to like take on a podcast that probably a journalist should have taken on, but I am a comedian in their bedroom. Got so it. it just <laughs> takes me a lot of effort. Um, yeah, my podcast is called Prepare to Die, and it's just like a journey through my own death plan because I was thinking a lot about my own death during COVID, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting. Like, I interview like a, a lawyer about wills. I like met with like the cemetery manager of Niagara Falls, and like he wow. toured, gave me a tour of like the Green Cemetery. So it's been really exploratory. But like, as yeah. you can imagine, I'm literally doing everything. So I yeah. was like recording producing, creating questions. Um, and then like, I hated like recording my own voice and then editing it. Cause I'd be like, oh, like this voice actor fucking sucks, but it was like me. <laughs> and so like the director <laughs> of me would be like, this is a shitty take. And then the actor me would be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I, that's what I meant. I'm, so I am not, I am, <clears throat> I am not. not reporting on the Ukraine Russian conflict. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Yes. Um, all I know is what the New York Times podcast tells me. Breaking. Yeah. Oh man. I've been listening to too much of that. Uh, yeah. I don't have any, I don't have anything yeah. to say about yeah. it other than like conflict. Um, yeah. I am Getting... against it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Getting used to your own voice is weird though on a podcast. Like the hardest part. It took me probably like two seasons. Yeah. I would say to get used to, to what I sounded like and, um, vocal, like weird vocal dryness that I had. And when you're growing, when you're growing up gay too, you just have like such a, like a terrible relationship with your voice. Like, Mm. um, I still get mistaken. There's when I call like a hotel for more towels, they're like, absolutely, ma'am. I'm like, cool. Um, (laughs) so, so uh, it's fine now. I listen to my voice all the time because I'll record my sets and stuff and yeah. listen back to them when I do open mics and stuff. So I don't really care anymore, but it is a journey. of yeah. love. Definitely takes a while. And then you, also what I've noticed since listening to like back episodes is just the way that you let your yourself sound when recording. 
Like I find mm. Rainy and I sound much more natural now than maybe in the first couple of seasons we were like trying to be on a podcast, you know, or trying oh my to gosh. be. <laughs> what hell? Yeah. <laughs> what fresh hell actually. What fresh hell. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Sorry. 45 minutes. It seems like a crazy amount of time for a set as a comedian. Have you, were you used to doing 45 minute sets pre pandemic or is this like completely brand new? That was your first one. This is brand new. This is brand new. So um, back in October, I took like a sabbatical from producing mm-hmm. um, and talked to my business partner and I was like, I need a break and I need to focus on comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought I would be gone for like at least a year, but I ended up leaving work and just focusing on writing and other projects like my podcast. Right. I have a newsletter like TikTok, you know, so we're talking October, mm-hmm. um, for those four months. And my podcast, I started my podcast, I started my newsletter, I focused on stand up, and I did TikTok for that time. Then when Omicron came, I had this fantasy of like, and maybe people will mock me for this, which is like, totally 100% fine. But I had this fantasy of just getting a job I didn't care about. Um, that was like, make me enough money to survive because so much of my self-worth was like in my business and in producing. But when Omicron came, I was like, yeah, uh, they're not really looking for baristas or anything right now, Sam. And I really took a hard look about like going back to producing. And I realized that I had like a different perspective of it now Mm -hmm. and that I could use it to really leverage my dreams and goals more than I did before. So I decided to return to producing again. So I'm back at work essentially, but that sabbatical, like so much was germinating, I think looking back at that time. So I guess to answer your question, like I was working on like new material and stuff for that whole time. And I knew that um, it was a time of like getting out of my own way and just like planning to do things and and going for it, I guess. I, I hate all these like cliches that I'm using, but it's hard to no but basically what i would do is i would like set up plans in like concrete like book for example the comedy bar where i did my 45 minutes before i felt like i was ready because i knew that by just booking it i would get ready right so that's what i did with 45 minutes like i knew i had enough material but i wasn't sure Mm -hmm. but i just booked it and then said i'm well now i have to get ready because i have a show coming up So I've never done 45 minutes before. I did like half an hour, like two years ago. And other than that, most comedy shows, it's five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes. So that was my first 45 minutes last night. And it went so amazing. I had so much fun. And honestly, a lot of people from like, I think TikTok came and like bought tickets, which like blows my mind. And now we're doing a second date because enough people, like a lot of people didn't get tickets. So I'm doing another show March 7th. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you do you reuse a lot of the material that you use on TikTok to for your live shows? No, not really. I mean, at the beginning of my show last night, I did talk a bit about COVID, but and you can see similarities in like the way I express my frustration Mm -hmm. around the policies and stuff. So the flavor is there, but I am not taking what I'm saying in a video and putting it on stage because a lot of my TikToks, I am pressing record and like 
I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll edit accordingly after or? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> It'll, I'll take like three, four takes and I'll be like, cool. Great. Yeah. And then okay. I edit it down. So you're not like noticing a huge difference in like what you say on TikTok versus what, or what's working on TikTok versus what's working on live stage, because it's so kind of, it's just like you're turning Different. on the camera and going for it. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if this will be to me it's similar because TikTok okay. has taught me that like my natural comedic voice and I think especially the way I kind of rant and express myself in yeah. exasperation you know communicating my emotion mm -hmm. and articulating myself how that is like naturally funny and so I've tapped into a little more of like my personality of expression more than like wordsmithing maybe that I would do before. Okay. Um, you know, people will say like some comedians are writers and some are performers. Right. And like the mm. performers hate the writers, the writers hate the performers. Not really, but actually the writers more so hate the performers because like writers will like meticulously be like, which word should I use? And the performers are just all right. magnetic energy, right? right? So yeah. So I've learned how to tap in a little bit more into that magnetic energy because TikTok is like a bit of a personality game. Right. It's just you in front of the camera and you have to like be expressive and like fill up that whole space with like energy. Yeah. And so that is what TikTok has taught me to bring maybe a little bit to the stage, but I'm not like writing through TikTok for, for stand-up. It's different. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. <laughs> You seem like, in terms of like your TikTok personality, like you said before, you're like, people will go off in the comments or the trolls. You're like, I don't really, that's not like, I, I try not to pay attention to that or you don't pay attention to that. Is it different for live performance though? Like if you bomb in live performance, how much does it affect your mental health versus how much does a troll affect you on TikTok? Yeah. Um, first of all, I think I'm pretty lucky as like a man on the internet. Like I don't get name called. And I know that even like people with like small followings will just get name called. So I don't really deal with a lot of trolls, like really first off, like they're not coming for me personally. Okay. Yeah. And like, that's because I'm a man. I mean, I don't like, I see my other comedian friends like getting on TikTok and they're like responding to comments of just like calling them whatever. And I'm like, that's interesting. I've never encountered that. And I'm like, oh yeah, because I'm not a woman on the internet. Um, um, but I'm like, so I'm like kind of delusional. So like when people are like, when have you like bombed? I'm like, I must have bombed, but I can't tell you because I kind of block it out, but like, I have a lot of shows where I just feel meh. Like I had a show on Saturday. It was like incredible venue, packed house, blah. And I just felt kind of like lukewarm about it. So that's kind of bombing. And so does it affect my mental health? Not anymore. I've been doing it long enough to just know. You win some and you lose some, kid. Right. Because you've been doing it for five years now? Is that what I, I mean? think so. I did, I'm really bad at like knowing the chronological events of my own life. But I think that's how long. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what like led you into that? Because you were you a producer first or were you a comedian first? Which one happened? I was a producer first for right. like commercials and music videos. 
Um, I don't know how I started. I remember, I remember before producing, I had this job where I was like on my feet a lot, like alone. I would give out, give out samples at LCBOs and beer stores. Um, and I would, I was, I started coming up with jokes then when I was like, I'm 29 now. I must've been like 21, 22 then. Cause I was like so bored. But then I never did it. And then I remember two years later looking up a list for open mics, but didn't do it then. And then I don't know, I just one day was compelled to go to my first open mic. And then of course, because I'm delusional, I was like, um, I crushed it. And I also probably did pretty good. Like some people like the first time they do an open <laughs> mic, like, you know, they've been sitting on material for like years because they're like yeah. getting up the courage, right? Right. So, right. um, and I was like, oh, that was fun. And then I just like haven't stopped. I don't know how, like, I didn't have like a, I didn't have like a moment where I was like, yeah. this is it. It's just like, I'm very like day by day, like nose to the ground. And then now like I'm here and I can't, I can't imagine my life without standup. It's like, can't imagine my life without comedy. It's truly been my guiding force. And, you know, some days I feel like bad for other people. I'm like, I can't imagine doing anything else. In this right. world, it is mm. so absurd. I'm like, I'm like, how do you, it's like the only way I know how to find purpose. Cause it's like, I just have to laugh at everything. I mean, what is the point? So, right. um, <laughs> yeah. Cause in a way, like you're doing comedy about like what's happening in the world, but the people that are reporting the news aren't, they can't laugh about it. Right. Like they're just. No. Although TV. I think if this doesn't work out, I would love to be a journalist too. Cause I think that is like such a direct way to like improve our world is just to report on the facts. Yeah. Like that, that almost has like such yeah. a, such a clinical clear responsibility to it. Just like people deserve to know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas right. like, even I, as a comedian, people are like, what's the purpose of comedy? Like, it's a lot more of like a nuanced, complicated answer. <laughs> and it's like an answer where you're like, uh, I have to defend. Somebody asked you that? What oh, the purpose yeah. of comedy is? Well, I asked myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I asked myself. One yeah. of the voices asked me on a daily basis. 100%. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, am I, is this all for not, you know? Um, right. And I think it's like a lot more of a complicated answer. And it's an answer where you're like immediately defending your own like existence. So it yes. gets very like, well, uh, it's um, whatever you want it to be, I guess, if you want. Uh, <laughs> if it makes so, you happy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's more so for my personality. It's great. Mm -hmm. to have to have as like a shining beacon to go towards you had mentioned sam that you kind of are trying to create these because you're on your phone all the time because of tiktok and because it's so easy to get like how many likes does it get what are people saying in the comments um how are you creating like boundaries for your for your life on tiktok and social media mm. and your regular irl life <laughs> I don't know if I know yet, yeah. to be honest. Um, I've tried some things and I think it's just about like trying to maintain consistency, um, charging my phone in the other room, creating hours for deep work or not looking at my phone. You know, I know the strategies, um, but it seems like it finds its way beside me, my phone without me even being like conscious. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many emotional triggers, very small, very minute emotional triggers that will 
send me towards my phone. And that's something I'm, I'm just trying to be conscious of. I've spoken to my therapist about it. And so what I'm trying to do right now is just be curious about why I mm. go towards my phone, because I know that it is emotional. It's um, when I'm impatient, when I'm waiting for something to load, when I'm not sure what to do next, when I have decision fatigue, you know, when you're a business owner, no one tells you what you have to do in a day, what you have to do in the next hour. Yeah. And especially when you're like, things are slow, I will go towards it because it gives me purpose. Mm. I, it's really hard to feel like I have a purpose when like I don't have anything to work on. And when I go on TikTok, it's a bunch of people saying something about something I've made. And that mm -hmm. validation is like extremely powerful, but it takes me away from like concentrating mm -hmm. on a task at hand or concentrating on, you know, my life. And I am like hyper aware, perhaps too much that like, every day is a building block, you know, towards something bigger. And that means every hour is like also a building block. And I don't want to waste like any time while I'm alive. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Like I've got too much to do. I've got too many big plans. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I don't feel like giving more of my time towards like an algorithm than I have to. Mm -hmm. I know that it's like designed to keep me on, but I believe I can be more powerful than an algorithm, I hope, mm -hmm. but it's extremely hard and I have to show myself some grace because we know yes. that, you know, these algorithms literally are designed to, to grip your brain and not let mm -hmm. go. And they make more money from you when you're spending more time on the platform. And mm -hmm. I know that that's like, that is such a contradiction because I am making content for this same app. I'm keeping people on. Mm. I just have to make peace with that. You know, I, what I want is to make content and then to push it aside and work on other shit. Mm -hmm. So I know the strategies I could tell them for people, but I think they know them too. You know, mm. design rooms in your house where you don't have your phone, like charge it outside of your bedroom, have like working sessions, uh, where like, you're like, Hey, I'm not going to look at it. You know, stop looking at your phone after like 7 PM dot, da, 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 you know, stab me in the face. Like, it's like, <laughs> we've heard it all. It's like, it doesn't help, but it doesn't right. help. It It's right. like an emotional, it's an emotional internal decision. And I think it starts with being curious about why you go towards your phone first and investigating mm -hmm. those things and being curious about them. And then at that point, maybe working towards, okay, how can we counteract that right. emotional um, response? Because right. like I've said, it, it is, it is emotional to me. It comes from all sorts of small, small, small triggers. Yeah. That's, it's so interesting that you just talk about the awareness of that and like speak about it from a curiosity standpoint. Cause I feel like that takes a lot of like weight off of it you know if I'm that's just what curious. my therapist it's 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 <laughs> what my therapist has said he always says just be curious about things like if you're struggling with something like mm -hmm. you know being critical of yourself in your own head like trust me if that worked I would have figured it out by now like it's like I would have been cured yes. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. and like same with like same with like my last therapy session too I was like you know I've tried thinking my way out of a feeling for it's never worked so why do I keep doing it like, he, like, he's right. just, he, like, go for a walk, like do something, do something. 
because yes. like thinking about it has never worked. So yeah, just that's something I have to say my, my, my therapist has taught me and I'm still mastering. Yeah. Something we were just, we were actually just discussing is about, um, therapists that are, are how much therapists are able to offer for people mm. that are on social media, like these people that are huge influencers, huge TikTok people, because it's so Twitch, new within the past live stream, live streaming, et cetera, yeah. because it's so new within the past 10 years, like how many people really have had time to research and practice, um, coming out of, out of school for it. And so how much is your therapist able to help you with stuff like that? Well, luckily I haven't really encountered too much emotional distress around like my presence on social media to like need advice around that. Mm -hmm. um, I think what's really interesting is that people who have a very broken relationship with their own identity tend to really um, get super popular on social media because mm. they um, are not exactly operating from a standpoint where they are standing up for a specific belief. They will do whatever it takes to appease the audience right. or algorithm. Yeah. So I think that's why people are like, why are all these social media people so like struggling so much? Mm. And it's because much like how like reality TV will cast someone who has like an anger management issue yeah. <laughs> to make good television. I think people who are struggling sometimes make great content for these algorithms, yeah. unfortunately. And so you kind of just have to do the work, the emotional work, hopefully before starting your social media journey, because it, doing it while it's happening, whatever that is, I don't know, mm. is extremely difficult. Um, and maybe yeah. as audience members, then what we can say is like, you know, is the medium consuming from this person, like helping them or hindering them? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Interesting really? question. Yeah. So I don't know. Can, what can therapists do? I'm not sure. I'm not a therapist, but I just know that maybe as audience members, we can be more cognizant of that. And it's why I find reality television kind of a bummer too. Cause I'm like, these people are mean. They're big, mean bullies. Yes. They're yeah. big, mean bullies to each other. And then we just watch them. Well, like, people <laughs> that were problematic in their regular life. And then you Ugh. gave them a platform. Yes. You know, I like, know. are you guys yeah. watching love is blind? No, I, I can't have anybody that, else no. ask me that question. Okay. I feel like every other person on the street is asking me that. I'm Thank like, you. I, Thank you. I'm just enough. Like I'm blind. Actually. I am blind yeah. <laughs> to love is blind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Okay. Never mind. But yeah, like, I feel like that's a great example of that show. They have cast people that are really, really insecure about themselves in like the deepest in like most way that you could be insecure about love and like how you feel safe with other people. And it's just like slandered across or like slashed across the screen. And it's actually what I will say to your previous question is like, I think like the problems that somebody who has a big following on social media might have is actually the same problems everyone has. It just seems like a bigger deal because there's more people involved. But caring about what other people think, imagining a fake audience judging your every move, whether that audience is real or not, it's the same deal. Mm -hmm. So I don't actually think yeah. therapists need to like 
maybe there will be a therapist in the future that helps like <laughs> the stars. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I was saying but, there's got to be someone in LA that specializes in that with all. Like, oh yeah. The, like, and they're making TikToker. mint. Oh yeah. 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 And they're cashing in. Yes. So, and you know, go off, but I yeah. really think it's the same issues that we all face. Totally. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You made an interesting point and I'm just, in, I'm just interested to talk to you about it because you are a producer as well about kind of people that are doing well on these social platforms is like, they don't really make a stance one way or another. They kind of like ride this middle ground of never. And that's so funny that you said that because that's exactly how I describe Netflix as a platform is mm-hmm. that like Netflix is never really taking risks in in their shows like any show that is like a little bit like off kilter and not what like I don't know like the middle ground would watch they they cancel after two seasons um what are your thoughts on that in terms of like streaming platforms and stuff streaming platforms are making um I don't know I've seen some pretty off kilter stuff made by Netflix but I think I would agree with you that maybe they have a shorter lifespan or they're a limited series yeah. I also think we can't deny that people are going to like their slop. And if yeah. they want to eat slop, they're eating slop. And I'm sure what Netflix would say is like, we're just listening to the numbers. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. What obligation does Netflix have to foster like a new generation of creatives? They probably do have some responsibility, I think so. yeah. but they're a private company. So. I think you just have to play the game. Like, I don't know what to tell people. This is just how it is. Like you can find a space for your quirky thing, but mm-hmm. it's going to be harder. Of course it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. of course it is. Um, I think they do take creative risks, definitely more than, I don't know, other broadcasters here in Canada and stuff. Wow, so at yeah. least there's that. Um, I don't know if it would be fair to say like they're always choosing the middle ground. I think there's so much content that it's really hard to kind of like see a strategy even still. Yeah. yeah. You know, they've been yeah. they've been churning out. We thought it would kind of stop. We thought they would churn out content, see what stuck and then go with that, but it seems like it just keeps going and going. Right? So we'll see. Yeah. True. I I guess I meant more like that like they're made specifically made for Netflix stuff. Does that make sense? Like their stuff that's made just specifically for their platform and less stuff that they're bringing in from other networks. I feel like they're, uh, yeah, there's just like a lot. I mean, like, that's like anything. It's like life. You just have to like pick through a lot of stuff before you find something you like. But, what are you, what do you, is there like examples of stuff that you're like, Ugh, this doesn't excite me or it's weird or. Oh yeah. I was like, I remember I was outraged when um, the OA, did you watch that show? No, but I've heard about it, and I'm like, what? Everybody it's like that a real loves it is devastated that it got canceled. It got canceled. It was like the best piece of TV that I'd watched in a while. And then in that same time, they like bought two more seasons of like something 13, 13 Reasons Why, or like some some sort of TV show that was just like not. It was done. Uh, that was yeah. not. It didn't feel like it was getting the right. It didn't feel like it was getting numbers from like no. It was the most watched show that nobody I knew was watching, you know? <laughs> I, and I wonder if like, yeah. we are just subject to our own silos. Like we're like, no, who's watching that? And then it's like, um, actually everyone, yeah, like, yeah. you know, while they're falling asleep. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like yeah. maybe that's it. I don't know, yeah. but I don't know. If you need your confidence in the platforms reinvigorated, it's a limited series, but it was like the best thing I've ever watched on Netflix. I think it was Netflix produced too. And it's called Brand New Cherry Flavor. Oh, oh. interesting. 
give it I bit I don't I don't binge TV. I don't watch a lot of TV, honestly. Right. Yeah. But that I binged and it was so fun. Who are the okay. writers? Do you know? I don't know, but the main actress, I'm like, she is gonna blow up because like Ooh. I've never seen her before and she's so talented and I just wanna watch her and everything. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You're like you see her and you're like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What kind of content are you interested in like producing for? Are you interested in like as a producer to create content that's also like very journalistic and politically forefronted? Or are you interested in more lighthearted comedy, quirky? No, I want to write a a sitcom. I want to be in a writer's room for like a sketch show or like a comedy. That's what I want to do. And then we'll see what goes from there. But I just want that real world experience. Um, and I want to like write jokes for yeah a TV show, a sitcom. Yeah. I love like Thirty Rock. Yes, um, it's my favorite show. <laughs> and like other Tina Fey stuff. Yes. And um, like The Good Place. Mm. You know, these are. I just think like the. The best examples of like, the best comedy writing that's happening right now. Of course. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, and I don't know, I've, I've been like working on like a short film script and seeing where that goes. I don't know if it'll be something that actually gets made, but it's like an interesting exercise, but, um, I know that I want to be writing for sure. Um, TikTok is fun. Stand up is even more fun and maybe more substantial, but like, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to rely on TikTok to like have a job and I'm not going to rely on stand-up either. Like there's not a lot of touring stand-up comedians in Canada that like make their living touring Canada unless I like move to the States or something maybe. And then that's a whole other thing. So, you know, like so many other creative um, jobs, but especially in comedy, you need to be doing like multiple things because it's the game, baby. Yes. Are all these different like facets of art and comedy feeding you in different ways or is one feeding you more than the other? That's an interesting question. It's a really interesting question. Stand-up feels like the original mother source for my <laughs> story. I describe things in the weirdest way. But like, do you oh, get okay. it? Do you know I what I mean? I did, like I the did. main umbilical cord. Do you know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I started it being like, oh, I think I'd like to write comedy, but I need to hone what my comedic voice is. And I started stand up. Mm-hmm. So as much as it's like fraught and like fraught in that I don't really know like what the future of stand up holds like in Canada yeah. or for me. Like I don't know where it goes. Really, but I know that I like probably won't ever stop because mm-hmm. I just have to keep doing it. So then there's that. TikTok is like this really high vibrational, like crazy, like fun game where like sometimes I'm like winning and sometimes I'm like doing okay. And it just feels like I don't even know what to make of it. It's just sort of like there in the yeah. ether, like scattering around. Yeah. And that's like fun. I'm like, cool. Uh, we'll just keep, yeah, you know, living through these fireworks, whatever that it's making. Right. Um, writing is like the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, when I'm writing, I hate it. And, but also I'm like, what else am I going to do? Like, I need to like show the world my voice. And I, and yeah. like, it's the only thing that I think will lead to like 
real sustenance or like structure creatively in this mm. industry. So I'm like, I have to keep writing, even though I'm like, it's the hardest thing ever. So yeah. that's like very like, that's like in the trenches, like digging, digging, digging. You're like yeah. wet, tired, crying, whatever. Yeah. Um, And so like, yeah, that's how all of those like feel like, if that makes sense, like stand up is like the consistent TikTok is like this fun side thing that's like zooming away and like writing is like the the thing that I really have to make a job and have to right. like check in and check out and lock in my hours and I'm still figuring out how to do that. But I would recommend um, The War of Art to people. It really helps you think that way. It's an incredible book. I just bought book. it. Okay. I will say it's a very like masculine view of like the arts and like mm. sometimes he goes like a little far and I'm like, do we really have to like be this self-sacrificing in order to like be productive? Like, mm. I don't know. Okay. So take it with a grain of salt. It does. Cool. And it does kind of guilt you. Oh, great. And like <laughs> as somebody, as somebody who like already like uses guilt so much like internally with myself, I felt myself kind of being like, is this helpful? I feel like I'm already this critical of myself already. And now right. seeing it in an outside source is like a little like triggering. So okay. you, you will, but it does. I, I'm trying to take lessons from that book and making writing like you have to put in the hours. It's your job. Right. Whereas like right. stand up TikTok not doesn't really feel like a job. Mm, right. Got fun. it. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Wow. It's been recommended to me a couple of times. So I'm excited to get into it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um on that note sam is being an artist fucking killing you is this yes or no or listen everything is killing you like we're all on a slow march to death Hmm. so choose your poison Mm -hmm. because it's all gonna kill you Mm -hmm. so yeah it's killing me but I, it's like the death I'm choosing. Okay. That's what I'll say. Perfect. What a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, you mentioned you had a show coming up. Where would people find you? How do they subscribe to your newsletter? What's your Instagram? What's your TikTok? Tell us all the things. So I have um, my show, 45 Minutes in Heaven. It's me doing 45 minutes of comedy uh, at Comedy Bar. My opener is Bobby Summers, lovely dear friend of mine. Um, we're at Comedy Bar March 7th at 8 p.m. It's the Bloor location. You can find tickets on Comedy Bar's website or on my Instagram or TikTok links, which are at Sam is Laughing. Um, I am making TikToks consistently at Sam is Laughing. And then I'm still, I bring kind of the best of the best on Instagram. So if you rather follow me on Instagram, go off if you rather. Um, uh, and that's, yeah, that's where you can find me. My website is like samislaughing.com, I guess. But if you want to see more show dates and stuff, I post them mostly on, on Instagram. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. If you like today's episode. Thank you episode, for having me. Oh, thank you. So Sorry, nice. go, do your outro. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, if you have any questions, if you wanted to let us know your thoughts, go check us out on everywhere basically on your phone uh facebook instagram twitter patreon uh our website um at gal pal prods thank you so much and we will see you next week see you next week bye